Father, I want to appreciate you once again this morning. Thank you, Father Lord, for your presence in this service. Thank you, Father Lord, because you have assured us of your presence here. And Lord, you have, Father Lord, declared that, Lord, your word, which you will send forth from this altar this morning, it will impact our lives positively. So shall it be unto us in Jesus' name. Our eyes of understanding shall surely be opened in Jesus' name. Lord, we shall hear, and Lord, we shall perceive. And Lord, understanding, Father Lord, shall come to us, even from your throne of grace. Thank you, Father Lord, because your presence is here. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. I want to say good morning to everybody. And I want to appreciate God for this opportunity he has given to us to share fellowship in his presence. Our topic for today says, As it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Noah, and one might start asking, what happened in the days of Noah? If we remember that in Matthew chapter 24, where we read, we read part of it as our text this morning, that Jesus says something about the temple in Jerusalem. He told his disciples that the temple will be destroyed and that no stone will be left on top of the other. And they were surprised. They were shocked. And they asked Jesus certain questions. Actually, they asked him three questions. They asked him, when will this things be? What will be the sign of your coming? And what will be the sign of the end of the age? And Jesus started answering. And he said a lot of things to them. And today we are going to consider part of what he said. From where we read in Matthew 24 from verse 36 to verse 44. Jesus started from verse 36 and said that no man knows, nobody knows the time when the Son of Man shall come. He said not even the angels, not the Son, that nobody knows when Jesus will be coming. But he went ahead to give them an opportunity, something like a sign that will help them know when the time is drawing near. Even though they will not be sure of the exact time, but he gave them something that will show them when certain things start happening. When you start seeing certain things, know that the time of the end is near. And then he took them to verse 37, where he talked about what happened in the days of Noah. He said that the same thing that happened then will happen by the time the Son of Man will be coming. Praise the Lord. And that's what we'll be looking at today. What happened in Noah's days. Let's go to Genesis chapter 6. Let's go to Genesis chapter 6. We'll read verse 5 to verse 7. I'll read from Luke in James Version. 
Verse 5 says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. If I read from New Living Translation, it says, Now the Lord observed the extent of people's wickedness, and he saw that all their thoughts were consistently and totally evil. That was what happened. That was what God saw. When God looked upon his creation, man that he created, he observed that the intent, the thoughts of man's heart, was evil continually. It wasn't evil once or twice, or sometimes. Evil continually. That was what God saw, according to New King James Version. And that was what God observed, according to New Living Translation. So, when God created man, what was his intention? God created man and put man in charge of all the things that he created. If you read Genesis chapter 1, you see the account of how God created the world and created every living thing and created man last of all on the sixth day. And God put man in charge of all the things that he created and he gave man charge to rule over his creation. That was not all. God equally gave guidelines. He gave rules. He said do this and do not do this. And God intended that man will obey him and do what he said. But unfortunately, man went and did the opposite. And when God observed, God saw that man had already left what he was asked to do. That's number one of what happened. Secondly, what happened again? In the same Genesis chapter 6, verse 6, I will read again from New King James Version. He said, And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. And for New Living Translation, it says, So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them, that is man, he broke his heart. God created man for his own glory. God created man, and he had what he wanted to achieve through that creation. But by the time he observed what man was doing, the Bible said that it broke God's uh, heart. God regretted that he ever created man. And uh, if you look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 31, you see what happened there. After God had finished making, uh, creating all things, God said something there. The Bible said that God looked at all the things that he had created and he saw that they were beautiful. They were excellent. And he blessed them. But the same thing that was excellent, the same thing that was beautiful, the same thing that was good, was now a source of heartbreak to God. So God couldn't stand what he saw a man and what man turned out to become. And in verse 7 of that same Genesis chapter 6, it now says, So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created. From the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, and best of the air. For I am sorry that I have met them. That's from New King James Version. And from New Living Translation, it says, 
And the Lord said, I will completely wipe out this human race that I have created. Yes, and I will destroy all the animals and the birds too. I am sorry I ever met them. Praise the Lord. So we saw what happened there. That was the account of what happened in the days of uh, Noah. And we know the rest of the story. How God destroyed mankind. And how God wiped away all the things that he created. So what God created to bring him joy, to bring glory to his holy name, ended up being what broke his heart. And God decided that he will destroy the entire thing that he created. Praise the Lord. But we remember that in spite of all the things that God saw and said, Bible recorded that Noah found favor in the sight of God. Praise the Lord. And why did he find favor in the sight of God? God testified and said that Noah was a, or what, a righteous man. That was the account that God gave concerning Noah. So you can see we have taken time to look at what happened in the days of Noah. Which the Lord Jesus is warning us will happen again. Praise the Lord. The same thing that happened in the days of Noah, Jesus brought it up in Genesis chapter uh, 24 when he was talking about the end. He was talking about the end. And he said the same thing that happened then is going to happen again. And then, so it's for us now to look at it critically. God is bringing a warning to us. He said, what happened before? It will happen again. And it's left for us to look at what happened and now take precaution so that it will no longer happen to us. But today, are we taking precaution? Today, we have had this message over and over. We read the Bible. We go home with it. We have it in our homes. And we keep reading them. But have we taken precaution? Let us equally look at what um, the prediction or what is written concerning the end time. In the book of Second Peter chapter 3. We read from verse 3. Book of Second Peter chapter 3. We read from verse 3. Second Peter chapter 3. I'll be reading from New New. Good News Bible. First of all, Second Peter chapter 3 from verse 3. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, some people will appear whose lives are controlled by their own lust. They will make fun of you. And we ask, he promised to come, didn't he? Where is he? Our fathers have already died. But everything is still the same as it was since the creation of the world. They, they, they purposely ignore the fact that long ago, God gave a command and the heavens and the earth were created. The earth was formed out of water and by water. And it was also by water, that the water of the flood, that the old world was destroyed. Verse 7. But the heavens and the earth that now exist are being preserved by the same command of God in order to be destroyed by fire. They are being kept for the day when godless people will be judged and destroyed. Let me stop at verse 7. So that's the prediction 
the first world was destroyed by flood. And the prediction now is that this world you and I are living in will be destroyed by, by fire. And Jesus said, the same way it happened in the days of Noah, it will happen again now. But what we just read, he said that a lot of wicked people will come up. Said they will make mockery, they will make fun of those who are saying that Jesus is going to come again. They will say, He said He will come. Where is He now? He said He will come. Where is He? Our fathers have died. The world has remained the same from the beginning. And they, 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 they intentionally leave out something. They don't want you to know that something like this happened in the past. That there was a time God said, I will destroy the world. I will destroy the earth. And people ignored him. And God ended up destroying uh, what he created. And God is still saying the same thing. But those that the enemy, evil people the enemy have sent, are trying to deceive people. Trying to tell people that God is a loving God. How can this God who is faithful, this God who blesses us, this God who can do all things, this God who answers our prayers, how can he be so wicked to carry all of us and put inside fire? It's not possible. And some people are talking about reincarnation. If you finish living now, you die. You come back again. You live again. And you keep recycling yourself. And people are preaching a lot of things. Some people are talking about grace. That once you are covered by the grace of God, there is nothing that will happen. Some people are talking about new age religion. And all manner of things. But what is the truth? The truth is that Jesus is coming very soon. And during the prophecy we heard it, that God said, He is a loving God, but He is equally a consuming fire. And God is only a consuming fire to those who decide not to obey Him. To those who decide to hear the truth and ignore the truth. And I believe we will not ignore the truth this morning in Jesus' name. So, and if you continue in that passage, in that Second Peter chapter 3, it talks about people counting days, years for God. Like those who said, our fathers have died, where is he? He didn't come. He didn't fulfill his promise. All these things are not true. He said that a day before the Lord is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a day before him. And he said that God is not slow concerning his promises. Whatever promise that God makes to us, he keeps to it. God is not man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it, God will surely bring it to, to pass. So God is not slow concerning his promises. The only thing is that God does not want any man to perish. That's why God keeps giving us opportunity. That's why God keeps speaking to us. That's why God keeps calling us his children. Even though we are disobeying him. He wants to bring us near. He doesn't want us to go astray. But if you, out of stubbornness, if you, out of hard-heartedness, decide or decided that no matter what God says, that you will surely keep doing what you want to do, then, at the end of the day, you have yourself to blame. So God's will is not for us to be destroyed. When we are saying repent, that punishment is coming for those who didn't repent, it's not God's intention to punish anybody. God's intention is for us to repent. God's intention is that things will go well 
with us. It is only when we refuse to obey God that punishment will come as a result of our disobedience. And then the passage equally talks about that God, the, the day of the Lord, it will come suddenly. It will be unexpected. Nobody will know when it will happen. Praise the Lord. So let's get back to what Jesus said. You know, we've taken time to look at what happened in the days of Noah. And we have looked at the prediction of how God will bring this earth and destroy this earth even in our own generation. If we go back to Matthew chapter uh, 24, if we read at verse 37, it says, But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Verse 39. And did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Praise the Lord. If we read uh, um, uh, verse 37 from New Living Translation. He said, people didn't realize. Luke in James says, and they did not know. And New Living Translation says, people didn't realize. And they, I kept pondering on this word, and they did not know. Was it a secret? The flood, did it just suddenly come? Were people not warned? Were people not aware that flood was going to come to destroy the earth? If we go back to Genesis, the account of Noah, Bible, uh, Noah came in when he was 500 years. That was the first mention of Noah. That Noah was uh, 500 years. And that was when God observed the earth. That was when God decided what to do. How to destroy the world. And uh, God commanded Noah to build an ark. And by the time the destruction came, by the time Noah entered the ark, and God shut him in, Bible recorded that Noah was 600 years. Is it in your Bible? So, between 500 years and 600 years, what's, what's the duration? 100 years. So, for 100 years, Noah was doing what? Constructing an ark. And if we go to Second Peter chapter 2, verse 5, it says, And did not spare the ancient world, but said Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, Bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. Praise the Lord. Noah, Noah was there constructing an ark. And he was preaching to people to repent. He was preaching righteousness. That was what he was preaching. So if you want to know the full message of what he was preaching. He was preaching what? Righteousness. Is your name? That was what he was preaching. But it baffled me. And I kept wondering. How come? For hundred years, Noah was preaching, and no single convert was made. Not even a single person. All the people that entered the ark were members of his uh, family. Noah couldn't make a single convert. Nobody repented. Instead, they were mocking him. They were making jest of him. They were looking at him and saying, this man doesn't have sense. How can God 
will destroy the world with flood. Where would the rain, where would the water come from? Eh? Where would the water come from? There will some, some will even argue, say, will climb up top of a tree. Some will say they will climb upstairs. Some will bring up all manner of uh, arguments and, and human sense. But God, Bible said we should not judge God with our own little sense. Because when the flood came, Bible recorded, it said that God opened this, the, 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 the fountain of the deep. Those people who argued, they didn't know that there was something like fountain of the deep. And he opened the windows of uh, heaven. And water was coming until all the earth was destroyed. So, is it the same thing that is happening today? What manner of arguments are people bringing up when you tell them that the end is coming? When you tell people that to repent? When you tell people that Jesus is coming? When you tell people that this world will be destroyed? People will argue. Some people will say it's not possible. God cannot destroy all these beautiful things that have been built. All these cities. All the beauty. You know, if you're in Nigeria, you might not understand the beauty we are talking about. But those who have traveled outside this country will tell you how beautiful the world is. What people, men have constructed. And how relaxed people are comfortable in this earth. Believing that this is where everything will end. But God is saying, I will destroy this world. You know, if somebody tells me something, what will make me believe the person or disbelieve the person is if I look at the previous dealings I had with that person. Maybe the person had promised me something before or we have had a dealing in the past and there was no problem. If the person promised tomorrow and said, I will do this, will I believe the person? I will believe the person. But if somebody had disappointed me before, and tomorrow the person comes and says, I will do this, I will do that. Will I believe the person? I won't do that. But God said in the past, I will destroy the earth. And he ended up destroying the earth. And he has said again, I will destroy the earth. And the Bible said, in the days of Noah, he said that people were eating. People were drinking. People were marrying. And people were giving in marriage. Is any of this thing sin? Eating is a sin. What of drinking is a sin. What of uh, marrying? What of giving in marriage? Those things are not sin. But it depends on how you are doing it. It depends on where your heart is while you are eating. It depends on how, where your heart is while you are marrying. It depends on where, where your heart is while you are drinking. Are you doing it to the glory of God? Bible said, Whatever you do, do to the glory of God. Is God taking glory in your ceremonies? Is God taking glory in your eating? Is God taking glory in your drinking? Are people edified when they see you doing all those things? Are people drawn closer to God? Do people's heart prick them when they see the way you live your life? Those are the things that matter. And those are the things that God is talking about. Praise the Lord. If we go to uh, Matthew chapter 13, if we read from verse 10, Jesus was asked a question. You know, after he told the parable of the sower, his disciples came to him and uh, they were asking him from verse 11, Matthew chapter 13, 
from verse 11. And uh, he said in verse 11, the disciples were asking him. Okay, he answered them and said, To them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. That's seven. But to them, it has not been given. Verse 12. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. If we read verse 12 from New Living Translation, he said that those who are open to his teaching, more understanding will be given to them. Those who are open, you know, when, sometimes when we read that verse 12, we, don't, we think those who have, more will be given to them. Sometimes we misunderstand it. But he was talking about the word of God. Remember the background. He was the, the, the parable of the sower. He was talking about the word of um, God. He was not talking about material things. He was talking about the word of God. He said, those who have more understanding will be given to them. So, it's only when we have opened our hearts for the word of God to penetrate our hearts. It's only when we have opened our hearts for the word of God to take its proper place. That is the only time God will open our eyes to see and open our heart to understand what he's talking about at the end time. If we are just looking at the word of God with human understanding, if we are looking at the word of God with our hearts closed, if we are looking at the word of God with our unlimited wisdom, and we are trying to justify, we are trying to pick forth from the word of God. You know, a lot of people, when they read the word of God, all they will be searching to see is faults. Mistake, error, where there is contradiction, so they will use it to argue, so they will use it to prove to you that this word of God is not, uh, it is not true, and uh, you don't know you are killing yourself. You are shutting your heart off, and uh, it's part of what God said this morning. He said that we should pray that God will open people's uh, eyes, and that is part of what God is saying here, so that we have understanding. If we go on from that passage, Matthew 13, if we read verse 14 and 15, uh, it said, And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand. And seeing you will see, and not perceive. For the hearts of those people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and the eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, let they should understand with their hearts and tongue, so that I should heal them. God wants to heal us. God wants things to go well with us. God wants us to be in the right relationship with Him, so that every day of our lives, we are constantly walking in His presence, and we are ready for His coming. And that's the sense of the thing for today, for, for the year. Prepare to meet your God. God wants us to live every day ready for his coming. It's not maybe after, at the end of this year we forget about preparing to meet our God. And next year, whatever the theme is, that's the only thing we talk about. We should constantly live every day of our lives waiting for the master's coming. Bible said nobody knows. It can be in the morning, it could be in the afternoon, it could be in the night. He can come at any time. And if we continue in the passage where we read in Matthew chapter 24, he said, two people will be here, one will be taken, 
and one will be left behind. And if we look at all those things, you, di- you discover that some people will be in their workplace, some people will be on the road, some people will be in their houses, some people will be co- cooking, and Jesus will come. So, God wants us to open our hearts to Him. It's only when we have opened our hearts to Him that He will give us understanding. That's the only time that we will hear the word of God and it will make meaning to us. That's the only time we will hear the word of God and it will bless our hearts. You know, we come to church, we sit down, we don't take the word of God serious and uh, we, we live here and the word of God doesn't benefit our lives. And we go back living our lives the way we are living it. And it is not for our own good. Whatever you are doing and you are not committed to that, you cannot get any good results out of it. Praise the Lord. And uh, as we look at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7, let us look at how Noah treated the warning that he was given. Noah was warned by God about what will happen to the world. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7, I will read for New Living Translation. He says, It was by faith that Noah built an ark to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about something that had never happened before. By his faith, he condemned the rest of the world and was made right in God's sight. If I read for New King James Version, he said, By faith, Noah being divinely warned, of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Praise the Lord. Look at what Noah did. Bible said that by faith, he was warned about something that had not happened before. But because he trusted God, because he believed God. Because he knew that God cannot deceive him. Because his so heart is with God. He did what? He obeyed. Something that had not happened before. So we are, we are, we are, we are even privileged. No one was warned about something that had not happened before. But we are being warned about something that had happened before. I think we should repent more. Probably why people didn't repent, people who was preaching to why they didn't repent because, was because it, didn't, it has not happened before. But now that it has happened before and we are being warned, God will not have mercy upon us if we do not repent. God will not have mercy upon us if we do not hold on to him. If we do not by faith walk to save ourselves and our families. Bible said that Noah, by faith, built an ark. What are you building by faith? That's the question God is asking this morning. What are you building by faith? As Noah was building that ark, he had a lot of distractions. Because had it been he had converse, those converse would have helped him to do what? To build, to cut uh, the rules. The other time when Verabu was preaching, he gave us the dimensions of the ark. And if you look at it, it's a very gigantic ark. 
And the, you can imagine how this man labored for about 100 years building that ark. And he didn't receive any help. If anybody helped him at all, he must pay that person. It would have been a hired laborer. And after working day, he would pay that person. But Noah persisted. In spite of all that people said around him, in spite of all the distractions, in spite of all the side talk, in spite of all the discouragement, I know that his community would have gathered and considered a committee to discuss on how to help that man. Because they were saying, what type of thing is this thing? That this man started building this. And uh, like we heard, that the length of the ark is like four football field. The length only. And imagine a man starting a construction to build such a thing. And there was no technology. It has to be manual. His, his own would have gathered and said, let's save our, our brother. They would have done everything to discourage him. But this man by faith did what? Built the ark. What ark are you building? What excuse do we have why we should not build our own ark? We're not talking about physical ark now. Noah built a physical ark. Will God have called us to build a spiritual ark? And that spiritual ark is a place of safety. A place that we'll run into. And will not be harmed. A place we'll run into. So that when Jesus comes, we'll be safe. We'll be secured in his hand. So that when the Son of Man comes, all of us will meet him in glory. There is a place of safety that God wants us to build. A place where we'll be secured. A place where the enemy will not touch us. A place where nothing will harm us. A place where nothing that is of the enemy will be found in us. How are you building your own ark? That's the question that God wants us to answer this morning. Are you building at all? Have you started? Are you sure that if Jesus comes, that you have a place of security, a place of safety, a place where you run into? Bible says that when Noah entered the ark with his family and with all the things that God asked him to take into the ark, he said that God shut him in. Praise the Lord. God did what? God shut him in. So if we are in our own ark, in our place of safety, when destruction will come to the world, God will do what? He will shut us in. He will protect us from every hand. So we should not be afraid. Afraid of anything. God has equally told us this morning. He said we should not be afraid. He said that he has given us grace, but this morning he is releasing greater grace. And I believe that we have received it in Jesus' name. God has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. There is nothing we are lacking. Anything we are lacking is because we have not by faith received it from God. It will not be because God has not given to, to us. God has given to us. So Noah obeyed God. Why don't we obey God? Why don't you follow God on his word? Just do that thing that God said we should do. And now watch God and see him fail. So that we can say, God, I obeyed you, but you failed me. But rather than, rather than obeying God, we are trying to reason God or, or talk God out of what he has said. We are trying to show him why it is not possible for us to do what he said we should do. 
So God is once again warning us about the end that is coming. And uh, the issue is what are we doing so that we will not be caught on our ways. And in conclusion, let's read Revelation chapter 22 verse 12. Revelation chapter 22 verse 12. Revelation chapter 22 verse 12, he says, See, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me, to repair all according to their deeds. Praise the Lord. Jesus was speaking here to John in Revelation. And he said, I am coming soon. I am coming soon. You might be asking in your heart, how soon? I don't know. But he's coming what? Soon. He said, I am coming soon. And my reward is with me. He's coming with his reward. And he said he will repair all according to their deeds. With what will God reward you? God said he's coming to reward. What will he reward you with? What is that thing that you are holding? That you know that when God sees it, this is my work of faith. Remember Noah's work of faith. That God saw and God rewarded him. God saved him and God saved his family. Because he obeyed God by faith. What is that thing you are doing by faith? What is that work that you are doing by faith that God will use to reward you? How have you separated yourself from the world and from the pattern of the world and from the things that are happening around you? How have you separated yourself? In 2 Corinthians chapter um, 6 from verse 14, he said, What does light have in common with darkness? What does God have in common with demon? And when you come to verse 17, he says, Separate yourself from them. Come out from among them. And I will do what? And I will welcome you. God wants to welcome us. But the devil, the, the attachment we have to the world is holding us back. It's making us think that if we detach ourselves from the world, our lives will become miserable. Your life will not become miserable in Jesus' name. Separate yourself from the world so that you will save yourself and you save those around you. God wants you to become a preacher of righteousness. Just like Noah. Noah was warning people, even though they didn't repent. But God knew that he did his work. His work. The same thing God wants you to do. God wants you to be a righteous man wherever you are found. In your school, God wants you to be that righteous man. In your office, God wants you to be that righteous man. In your home, God wants you to be that righteous man. Wherever you are found, God wants you to be that righteous man, righteous woman, righteous young man, righteous young woman that will stand out and warn people about the end that is coming, about the destruction that is imminent. That is why God has placed you there. That's why you are hearing this message. That's why you are in this church. So that God will prepare you and you will be that person that will preach righteousness and it will amount to you being saved at the end of the day. Remember Jesus is coming. No matter what you say, no matter how you reason it, the truth is that Jesus is coming. And he said it will be as it was in the days of Noah. He said that people didn't know. They didn't know. People didn't realize. People were thinking that uh, things will still go on. People had already fixed their wedding dates. People had already set their mind on when they would graduate. 
People had already set their mind on when they will finish building their house. People had set their mind on when they will celebrate their birthday. And they, they didn't know. And suddenly the flooded world came. My brother, my sister, God is warning us. May we hit that warning so that we will not be caught on our ways in Jesus' name. Let us pray. I don't know the truth that God has revealed in your heart this morning. I don't know how you have been preparing for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But as we have heard this morning, it will be as it was in the days of Noah. People will not be prepared. Will you be among those that will not be prepared? Or will you be prepared like Noah? Who built an ark to the saving of his family and God counted it as righteousness to him? How are you preparing for his coming? How are you living your life? Is Jesus the one in charge of your life? Is Jesus the one ruling in your life? Or are you living your life anyhow you like it and you are saying it doesn't matter? I still have time. Remember, nobody knows the time. Nobody knows the hour. And death can come at any point. We are praying to live long. But the truth is that death can come at any point. But adventure, you have not given your life to Christ. You have not even started. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart this morning. Will you give him your heart? Or will you continue in your sin? Will you continue to deceive yourself? The prophecy God said he knows us. Even if we shut ourselves inside the house, he knows us. He knows our hearts. Our hearts are open before him. You can hide your sins before men or to men, but you cannot hide them before God. God wants you to give him your life. He wants to come into your heart and take charge. Is there anybody here who wants to surrender his or her life to Jesus? You can indicate by raising your hand. I will pray together with you. I welcome you into the family of God. Jesus is asking you, give me your life. Do not harden your heart when you hear his voice. He's speaking to you. Is there anyone that wants to surrender his or her life to Jesus? I want you to repeat after me. My Lord and my Savior, I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy to be called your child. I have sinned against you. But Lord, because you love me, you sent your son Jesus Christ and he came and died for me. And pay the price of my sin. Lord, have mercy upon me. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse me from every unrighteousness. Cancel my name from the book of death. Write my name in the book of life. Give me power to be your child. Power to live a holy life. Power to say no to sin. And cut off every relationship I have with the powers of darkness. Grant me the grace to live for you every day. In Jesus name. Our Lord and personal Savior will give you praise. Thank you for these your children. Thank you, Father Lord, because it pleased you to bring them into your kingdom today. Lord, we return our praise and worship unto your holy name. Even as they have confessed with their mouth and they believed in their heart. And they have come out boldly to acknowledge you. Father Lord, forgive their sins. Cleanse them from every unrighteousness. Cancel their names from the book of death. Write their names in the book of life. Lord, every relationship they have with the past of darkness, all the things they have done in the past, that have put them under the bondage of the enemy. Lord, we stand upon your word 
and we declare them null and void in Jesus' name. We establish your counsel over their lives. And God will declare that from today henceforth, they will live for you. They will honor your name. God, they will glorify you. And Lord, you shall build them up as instruments of righteousness to the glory and honor of your name. Thank you, Lord, as you accept them into your kingdom and as you glorify your name. Be thou exalted, O Lord, over these lives. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. You have heard his word this morning. What is that place of safety you have built? Have you started building? Or are you just comfortable? I have given my life to Christ. I'm a Christian now. There is no problem again. And you are living in sin. The word of God is not making it part of your heart. The word of God just comes in and goes out. And you just live like any other person. Can you start committing yourself into the hand of God and ask God to help you? So that you will not be that person that will hear and not understand. You will not be that person that will see and not perceive. You will not be that person that God says that in Isaiah chapter 6 that they will continue it that way until destruction comes upon them. The will of God is not that destruction will come upon you. God wants you to hear his word and take heed and repent so that he will have mercy upon you. So that he will forgive you and he will bless your life. In the name of Jesus. Our Father, we thank you, Lord. We give you praise for your word. That has once again warned us concerning your second coming. And Lord, the scripture says, as it was in the days of Noah. Heavenly Father, so shall it be when the Son of Man shall come again. Lord, I pray for these ones, O God. Who are crying in their hearts that they will not be taken unawares. That Father, Lord, God Almighty, we shall live in righteousness like Noah. That that day shall not take us unawares in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God Almighty, I pray that Father, as many, O God, of your children... That Lord cry and pray that Father they remain prepared. Lord may it be so unto their lives in the name of Jesus. I thank you almighty God. Because as we hear your word, your word sharpens us. Prepare us in righteousness. And cause that Lord will live and walk in righteousness. Continually until the day of Jesus Christ. We thank you Father for hearing our prayers. In Jesus name we are praying.